Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm your host, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Alana Nicolau, and I'm the culture editor of OprahMag.com, soon to be Oprah Daily. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Carrie Tian, a product manager for MailChimp. We use dating app questions to help Carrie make a match with a great book. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. We have just a couple questions to get to know you a little bit better, um, specifically in your book tastes, of course. So what have you been reading lately? It's been a range of stuff. I normally try to always have a fiction book and a nonfiction book going at the same time. And then sometimes I also have kind of like a productivity book on audiobook. Um, so I will say the last thing I read was I started the um, rom-com Beach Read at 2 a.m. Um, this like past night and <laughs> read it all in one go. So I'm a little wired from that. Um, yeah. Wow. The, the scene in that book where she goes to the book club is one of my favorite scenes in any book of all time. <laughs> I couldn't I I literally laughed out loud and that's such a weird experience to have when you're reading a book (laughs) I think Gus is really dreamy he's just perfectly grumpy I found him to be an absolute delight I loved watching him melt over the course of the book definitely the right right grump factor yeah (laughs) Just, just prickly enough um so you know we all have had some disruptions in our reading lives so what has kept you from reading I'd say the big thing is just my phone um public enemy number one um I I, yeah well just open things like articles that I have no interest in reading or YouTube videos that are 25 minutes long that I'm barely interested in and I'll just look at that for hours instead of reading I like that you listen to productivity books on your phone like because that or or as audiobooks because that's a very productive way to listen Mm -hmm. to books like has that menace occurred to you yeah, um, I like it because it's like, um, sometimes they'll say stuff like, as soon as you finish this chapter, you should go and organize a corner of your house. And I'm like, no, I'm already doing it. And I'm already listening to you at 2x speed. <laughs> so it feels like I have a jump on the game a little. So generally, you have a very wide ranging taste, it seems like. Um, so you read some rom-coms, you read some business or productivity kinds of books. How generally would you describe your taste? What are some things you like? I either like books that are very neat and tidy and it's like there are just enough premises and everything kind of like all the characters are there for a purpose. Everything that happens in a plot um, happens for a purpose. Like I either love those perfectly like elegant books Mm. or I love wild, crazy, sprawling ones. Um, Elena and I read Moby Dick in a book club last year and like I I kind of don't want things in the middle like I either want it to be a teeny perfect 
like landscape or I need it to be like a huge mess, basically. That's a good way of describing Moby Dick. Yeah. Podcast listeners, um, Carrie and I are that kind of nerdy where during the pandemic, we had a Moby Dick book club and we discussed <laughs> the whales. It was really nice. It was very good. <laughs> it was a good place to escape to because I honestly would rather be stuck in my room during a pandemic than in the open seas looking for a whale with Ahab as my captain. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I also remember we had booked... Um, a weekend on Martha's Vineyard for all the book club members. This would have been like February, early March. And like, I just kept calling the ferry company and our Airbnb being like, do you think our May vacation will be okay? And they were like, we have no way of knowing. And then it became abundantly clear that our May vacation was not going to happen. So we have to get you a good book to read on the ferry to Martha's Vineyard this summer. <laughs> That's our goal today. <laughs> done and done. All right, Carrie. Over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to a book we love. We get points based on how much you like the date we set you up on. So you win no matter what. But one of us wins by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. So we'll get to put their links in our show notes if we win. So today I'm going to be playing for Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. It's a new independent bookstore and it has the world's best bookstore dog. His name is Lovey um, and it's it's worth uh, anything to, to get more money in that dog's pockets. And I'll Elena, be- who are you playing for? I'll be playing for a book culture in Manhattan, which is a bookstore that I, it's actually in all of New York and I haven't been there in a while, but um, I love going and I have a lot of good memories there. So thank you, book culture. I love book culture too. And Kristen, what indie bookstore are you playing for? I'm playing for Max Bax in Cleveland Heights. Um, I just went there for the first time last weekend. They have such a great selection and you know, who can be a name? (laughs) like Max Bex. <laughs> it's just, is, it's all right there in the name, everything you need to know. Excellent. All right, Carrie, get ready for your literary meet cute. Okay. We're going to hear about your first pick. Elena gets to go first. Okay, Carrie. So you wrote in your questionnaire that you're wary of the entire concept of self-branding. And to that, I present you with Convenience Store Woman, a slim book by Sayaka Murata, a popular author in Japan, which was published in 2016. It's only 163 pages, so it firmly falls into read-in-one-night territory, but it's incredibly immersive. And that's all thanks to the utterly idiosyncratic narrator who can't be anyone but herself, which sometimes bewilders other people. The narrator, Kiko, is a 36-year-old woman whose entire identity is tied up in her job at a convenience store. It's where she finds purpose and belonging, especially since she feels at odds with all of society. Um, so what happens when she loses the position and has to make it on the in the world on her own? The, bur- the book is at times wistful, sometimes sad, often funny, but most of all, it feels like a gift to get to know this narrator who refuses to conform because she doesn't know how. I found it to be a really radical and cathartic read. All right. So Elena's first pick is Convenience Store Woman by Sayaka Murata. Okay, Kristen, go ahead and tell us your first pick. All right. Carrie, I was so intrigued that you mentioned George Saunders' recent collection, A Swim in the Pond in the Rain, as one of your favorite books that you've read. 
recently. It's a reflection on the craft of writing, and it's written in that True Saunders style. And I thought I would love to share with you one of my favorite essay collections that treads not exactly similar territory, but also deals with uh, the writing life. Um, In addition to writing, this book discusses activism, queer desire, and the author's Korean heritage. It is Alexander Chi's How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, and it covers everything from coming of age to learning the tarot to planting a rose garden in the backyard of a Brooklyn studio. In my mind, what makes these essays so special is that they aren't just self-contained first-person pieces. They're really invitations to the reader to learn, grow, heal, and reconsider your relationship to creativity. I feel like that's such a rare and generous gift, especially for the first-person essay, and I always feel so grateful and renewed and energized after I read this collection, and I think that's a feeling we could all use a little bit more of right now. All right. So Kristen's first pick is How to Write an Autobiographical Novel by Alexander Chi. And I get to go last this round. So you write that real life is keeping you from reading more. So I thought that a humorous essay collection that takes on real life in all its mess and absurdity might be a good fit for you. Weird But Normal by Mia Mercado is a collection of humor and personal essays. Mercado's work has been published in The New Yorker, McSweeney's, and lots of other outlets. Mercado waxes not-so-poetic about facial hair removal, a time she pooped her pants as a kid, and the hilarious aftermath, and the ridiculous story of her one time competing at the Miss Teen Wisconsin pageant. Because the chapters are short and standalone, they make a perfect little book snack to pick up and read when you have a minute, or dig deeper if you have the energy. It's so funny, along the lines of Samantha Irby. Okay, so Carrie, your first round picks are Convenience Store Woman, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, or Weird but Normal. Who would you pick to go out on your first book date with? Um, Okay, so I actually have read Convenience Store Woman and How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, nice. but I loved both of them. Okay, okay. so so Convenience Store Woman um, is absolutely as delightful as Elena described it, and it just, in the course of reading it, um, it made me think a lot about how, I guess, socially conditioned I am, and it's like, I think of the friends I have who are who I think of as brave or living their lives the way they want to instead of kind of just following the script. And whenever I see their example, it kind of um, lets me feel like I have space to do a similar thing. Um, so it was so nice getting to spend um, a lot of time with that protagonist. Um, how to write an autobiographical novel? Um, the I bought it specifically because of that last essay in the book. Um, mm. I'd gotten it at from the library and was really liking it and then got to the last um, essay where he talks a lot about, you know, what's even the purpose of writing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I immediately um, ordered myself a copy. And I actually, um, I met him at the Brooklyn Book Festival the last time it happened, I guess 2019. Um, and man I'm just thinking of what a fun memory that was of like they had taken over a huge portion of Brooklyn and it was just blocks and blocks of tents and authors um 
and like such a fun um day uh okay and then Rachel I have not read weird but normal I'm glad you mentioned um Sam Irby because as you were describing that I was thinking about how in the fall probably among my roughest days I downloaded one of her audiobooks and just like felt like that was my friend for a week or two like just hearing um her life um so I'd love to check that out who wins I loved two of them and what uh the other one sounded really appealing well you can pick one of their books as your pick if you want to but they each get 10 points no matter what since you liked the books that you've read before but if you would rather reread one of those books, you can count that as your pick. I'll try Weird But Normal. Oh. Can that be my pick? Is anyone going to kill me? No. <laughs> no. There are no losers here. <laughs> no one and, will kill you. <laughs> and seriously, if you if you happen to love audiobooks, she reads this audiobook and it is so funny. She's really got that natural voice for reading her own work. Just just perfect. So if you want to check it out, check it out as an audiobook if you like that format. Awesome. I had a deep suspicion you had read Convenience Store Woman because I'm like, this is such a book that's up your alley. Um, but I wouldn't let myself check your Goodreads. I wouldn't. I, I, I can't ask you. It's cheating. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to know at least your taste comes through in your questionnaire and your personality. And it's a very you book. Well, and I, Kristen had also considered that one, right? Yes, I had pulled it. And I also had other books that were about writing because I was sort of wondering if that was a topic that you enjoyed reading about. And man, I hemmed and hawed forever before I picked the chi. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can give you other picks if you want new ones about writing um, offline. But yeah. <laughs> well, where this leaves us is super close after the first round. So the points after the first round are Elena has 10 points for her suggestion of a book that was great. Um, I have 20 points because of Weird But Normal. And Kristen also has 10 points for a suggestion of a great read you've already read. So round two is going to be extremely interesting. Okay, so we're jumping into round two. New round, same point system, brand new books for Carrie. I can't wait to hear who she picks on this next date. Okay, Elena, start us off with your pick two. Okay, the stakes are high. So Carrie, you wrote in your questionnaire that you always like things to have a good story associated with it, whether it's finding love or finding a job. And Black Buck by 2021 debut author Mateo Ascarapur tells perhaps the ultimate interesting pathway to a high-rise office and a spectacular downfall from from that same office. Darren is a 22-year-old high school graduate working at Starbucks when he impresses the CEO of someone, a tech startup with a very morally shaky premise, like very. Um, He offers him a sales position and Darren accepts. From there, the novel goes at lightning pace, satirizing the workplace and what it takes to make it, especially as Darren, a black man, has to sublimate parts of himself to deal with his clueless at best, wildly offensive at worst, white coworkers. The novel is larger than life, but is grounded in the all-too-real problems of fading work-life balance, gentrification, casual erosion of boundaries in the workplace. And as the author worked in sales like Darren, it gives all of Darren's tactics a real authenticity. 
So essentially, if you've ever worked at a place with beer on tap or where they say, oh, we're all family here, this book will make you laugh out loud and cry at the same time. You will be turning the pages until like two in the morning to find out what happens. Okay. So Elena's pick is Black Buck by Matteo Ascaripur. Okay, Kristen, what's your pick? I leaned really heavily on your recent favorite reads, uh, including the George Saunders and Ling Ma's Severance. So I was thinking about a book that would give you a little bit of the flavor of Severance and a touch of that George Saunders strangeness based on what you were saying earlier in the podcast about your your appreciation of books that really go for it in the most wild way. I think that you might really love this next pick. So for me, the novel that encapsulates everything um, about your taste, as I know it so far, is Sandra Newman's The Heavens. It's set in the year 2000 in New York City and begins when Ben and Kate meet and fall for one another at a party. Here's the thing, though. When Kate falls asleep, she may or may not dream about her past life as a noblewoman in Elizabethan England. And when Kate wakes up from those strange dreams, her own reality has shifted, sometimes in subtle ways, sometimes in drastic and frightening ones. As this pattern continues, Kate is convinced that what she does in her dream world might ultimately save her waking world from utter destruction. This novel is daring and wily and dreamy and so beautifully written, and I am, quite frankly, obsessed with what Newman managed to pull off in it. It's been about two years since I read it, and I still think about it just all of the time. And if you're really wanting to sort of chase the thrill of severance, this could be a great next read. Okay, so Kristen's pick is The Heavens by Sandra Newman. All right, my pick for round two. I was really interested to see that one of your favorite books was Severance. I zoomed in on that like Kristen did. And that you believe in astrology and that you think it knows too much about you. So that led me to my second recommendation. Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczuk. The novel is told through the perspective of its William Blake and astrology-obsessed heroine Janina, as she and her neighbors discover the dead body of a local landowner and several other deaths in quick succession. Janina's a heroine unlike any I've ever read, and this translated novel from the original Polish introduces you to an extremely interesting cast of characters. There's a lot in here about how astrology might affect the lives or deaths of the characters, and I could not stop reading. Literary fiction mixed with murder mystery. Highly recommended. Okay, so your picks for round two. Black Buck by Mateo Ashkaripur, The Heavens by Sandra Newman, or Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczuk. Who would you pick, Carrie? <laughs> Rachel, okay, it's your turn for me to have read your pick. Um, I actually uh, suggested Drive Your Plow for my book club, and we read it in the fall and loved it. Um, it feels like, even though it was written, I think over a decade ago, I think it was originally published in the Polish in um, 2009, it still feels like it could have been written like last year or this year. Um, we also just, just read um, Leonora Carrington's The Hearing Trumpet, nice. which I think Tokarczuk read first and then was maybe inspired by. Um, so that's been a fun pairing of both like 
um, stories that spin wildly out of the places where you first thought they'd go. Um, I keep thinking of um, Drive Your Plow and just really, really loved reading that. Um, so great pick. Okay, I have a question each for Kristen and Elena. Uh, Kristen, when did The Heavens come out? And are there other writers you would compare Sandra Newman to? I know you, um, like, Severance was the seed of that. Obviously, mm. I'm curious about any other comparisons you might make. Man, that's such a good question. So The Heavens came out in 2019, so it's just a couple years old. Oh, man, I cannot think of other people who write like Sandra Newman. She is just like a stylistically singular writer. And I don't – I cannot also think of someone who is willing to mash up material in this way and shift in like lightning fast ways between like what seems like a literary fiction novel about two New Yorkers kind of falling for each other in, you know, pre-9-11 into this like really dreamy, otherworldly like – life that might be happening or might not um it's just so inventive and i i'm truly like having trouble picking someone she might be close to that's totally totally fair and it's even helpful to hear you talk through that mm -hmm. i'm realizing um just i feel like i've actually never picked a book without seeing its cover um and i'm realizing oh, just this how cover much is so good <laughs> um let me t i can tell you who like let's see who blurbed it um Olivia Lang, Elizabeth McCracken, Catherine Lacey, Camila nice. Shamsi. Yeah. Like, so she's a definitely like a literary fiction darling, but I feel like um, she is interested in the end of the world. She's just interested in, in bold writing. So um, it doesn't feel like your average literary fiction pick. Uh, there's something stranger and weirder and wilder and like more ambitious about it. It's also not long for a book trying to do as much as it is. It's only a couple hundred pages long, which to me makes it even more impressive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Elena, so I read... I guess I'm curious for Black Buck. I know you loved that book. I haven't read it yet because I'm scared of being traumatized. Um, so I do, I do work in tech, and Elena's heard my ups and downs, some ups, some big downs over the years. Um, and I'm just remembering right now how um, when Uncanny Valley came out at the beginning mm. of last year, like mm -hmm. I read that in a single sitting and loved it but also felt like my soul was being peered into um I yeah what are the odds that reading this will be like deeply I I don't know like kind of emotional or turbulent for me they're very different I think that they're good to put in conversation with each other uncanny valley is like a really really beautiful and scary <laughs> collection of essays by a former literary agent's assistant who decides to go like make it big in Silicon Valley, kind of like a gold miner. She's like, you know what? I'm going out West and trying to go into Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And so she like interrogates her position in this also another tech startup. Um, and it's very much like she's watching, but she's also part of it. And it's about complicity and, and it's, it's very like, 
I think that that kind of book could provoke an existential crisis in anybody in the capitalist like workplace right now, especially if you're in tech. I think that Black Buck is a satire. It's funny. It'll be cathartic. Like Mateo wants you to read it and he wants you to roll your eyes and laugh. And I think that the re- the big difference is that it's a novel so that it there's an arc there and it's going to end it's very much larger than life. The plot goes places where human lives don't really go. The characters make decisions and are able to put together things to like fight the man that are bigger than most people could do. Like it's very much a like shaggy modern version of a um oh my god, there's a word for it. It's like a modern picaresque novel set in the world of tech and involves a lot of things that are happening today in our lives. So it'll be familiar, but it the scale of it won't be, if that makes sense. Like what the characters do is very much out of a novel. And so it's sort of like a beach read. And I don't think that it'll send you into an existential crisis. I think it'll send you into like a fantasy of, wow, what, what could I do if I were going to take on a tech company like this guy does? Like how would I how would I act? That said, though, it, it's realistic in the sense that it does show like the the cost of working in one of these environments. So I think that it was like enjoyable to read because of how spot on he was. That said though, I do understand if it hits too close to home. Um, okay, so I like that this round, like, y'all went for the kind of wilder, um, more sprawling things. Okay, if I'm deciding between Black Buck and The Heavens, I feel like like The Heavens is more of an escape of from the kinds of things that have been on my mind, and Black Buck's more of an examination um, of those. So I'm trying to decide. Maybe, okay, I'll go with my gut here and say Black Buck, but I'm going to read both of these. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll take it. As long as my recommendation is out there because I love this book so much and I want more people to read it, I also just think you would really like it. Yeah, I think that I wasn't going to say anything, but I think The Heavens is probably one of like my top five books of all time. I it's think it's so like cool. one of the best books ever written, but um, you're you're locking in Black Buck, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can get those points. I feel I feel the integrity of my choice, and I, I do hope you read it, Gary. <laughs> I do think you'll also um, – I also read Black Buck this year, and I think as somebody who has – you seem like you listen to sort of – you can do it kind of aspirational podcasts and books to try to help you manage your time and stuff. And you'll appreciate some of the conceits of the book, which is sort of written as a, here's how you can break into business style. Um, So I think that you'll get some of that extra added enjoyment out of the form of Black Buck. Yeah, it's written as a self-help book. I should have mentioned that. So it's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny, but there's also sections that could be kind of um, a little bit intense, especially when it digs into issues of racism. So I think I think you'll enjoy the form, and he does take it to super wild places, and it's such a good commentary with great satire included. Okay. I also want to make sure we send the clip of Elena remembering the genre pick to her college professors. I was very (laughs) impressed. (laughs) Well, I took a 17th century, no, 18th century English class and we read picaresque novels and I was kept imagining the professor's face. I was like, what's that word she said all the time? (laughs) I just remembered it. So thank you. (laughs) Nicely done. 
All right, so we are in an unusual position here. So at the end of the second round, I, Rachel, have 30 points, and Elena also has 30 points, and Kristen has 10. Um, so Elena and I are currently tied. So we have our first tiebreaker. Okay, so if we were actually in a dating game or on a dating website, if you had two people that you loved equally and you thought their personalities were great, let's be real. You'd pick the hotter person. So we'd like you to pick the cover um, that you like the best between our picks. So Carrie, you will be looking at Weird But Normal's cover, which was your pick from the first round, compared to Black Buck's cover. And we will have you open up a browser window and Google those. But for folks at home, we're going to also describe them. Okay, so for Weird But Normal's beautiful cover, we have a, uh, I'd say it's a seafoam green cover with a bright pink image of a cartoon woman who is applying massive amounts of um, mustache bleach <laughs> on her upper lip, which totally fits the humorous and um, often a little weird, obviously, uh, vibe going on in the book. So it's very pop art. It's got this fun blue font, and it definitely helps get you into the mood of the wackiness of the book. So that's the Weird But Normal by Mia Mercado cover. Black Buck is a burst of color, just like all of the, the cool covers are these days. Um, definitely will photograph well on Instagram, but I like the way that the cover ties in two of the book's themes, which is that the main character works at Starbucks, so he's holding a, a cup. And then there's also the L in black is the Empire State Building because it's set in New York between Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, but he like goes to the top of a building, you know, it's sort of like about ascending up. And then the words black buck are written on the on the cup in like very beautiful print. But also the it ties into the character's nickname because he gets that name from his job at Starbucks. They give every single person in the company a nickname and then you're stuck with it for the rest of your time there. His nickname is Buck. Um, and I think it's like one of my favorite covers of the year because it, it kind it's very cartoony, but it's it doesn't quite fit the mold of the trendy book cover du jour. However, it's very visually satisfying. All right. So whose cover is sexier? <laughs> Oh man. Okay. They're both beautiful. And it's like, I feel like in general, um, book design covers just keep getting better and better. Um, I am in a very specific headspace right now, which is I lived in Brooklyn my entire time in New York and just moved to Manhattan. And so um, I'm feeling Black Buck especially right now. Um yeah, that sounds great. So Elena is this week's winner. And in the show notes, we will be look linking to all of these wonderful book recommendations for book culture in Manhattan. Congrats, Elena. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. I promise Carrie and I did not text about this. This is not a setup. Um, we are friends, but you know, I, I appreciate it. And congratulations on moving to Manhattan. I think Black Buck, it will, it's, it's a good book to kind of inaugurate your time on work island, as you call it. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope your dates are wonderful and you'll have to update us afterwards. Do you have anywhere you'd like us to follow you on the internet? If not, we can cut that part out. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm on Twitter at 
as Carrie Tian. Uh, Carrie, like Sex in the City, Carrie. Um, and then Tian is T I A N. And then my website is CarrieTian.com. Excellent. Okay. Where can we find you, Elena, on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at Elena Wonders, and you can follow my book reviews at Books and Elena on Instagram. How about you, Kristen? You can find me on Twitter at at paper alphabet. That's P A P E R alphabet, and I'm on there all the time. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter too much, and you can find me at R M McKenney or on my website at rachelmansmckenney.com. So you can also find all of today's books in our show notes. The buy links will all go to the winning bookstore, Book Culture. Find our show online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow and tell us all the books you've fallen in love with recently. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.